0: This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. You can take the Blitz with you everywhere you go. Get in the game everywhere with the Blitz 1170 app. All right, welcome back. It's 2.03. You're on the Blitz 1170. My name is Jeremy Poplin. That is Matt Hubbard. If you are just tuning in, how dare you? Five-year-old needs shoes, baby. Come on. Got to listen more. Got to listen more. Do you want a five-year-old to go hungry, Matt? Listen more to the show. Um, <laughs> the big breaking news of the day so far is that Chris Beard has been officially fired with cause from the University of Texas. The announcement was made by their athletic director, Crystal Conti, and said that, quote, that has been a difficult situation that we've been diligently working through. Today, I informed Mr. Beard of our decision to terminate him effective immediately. It's so wild to go back and think about that contract that was signed $35 million worth, and like everyone's buddy, buddy, and oh, coach this and coach that. And then just fast forward to January 5th, 2023. Not even two years to where you're having to refer to him as Mr. Beard <laughs> in his termination letter absolutely cool. wild all right let's set up the uh, hotline here on the blitz and welcome in for the very first time into this program the director of scouting for 24 7 sports uh, is Andrew Ivans joining us now here on the blitz Andrew what's going on today man how are you
1: I'm doing good I'm in San Antonio for the All-American Bowl spent this past week in Orlando at the Under Armour All-America game so a lot of football
0: well, what we did learn about the Orlando version is uh, it's really difficult to put teams together and then to give them, what, three days of practice and expect much offensive fireworks to happen in a game like that. Uh, still, though, a lot to take away from the Orlando game. Uh, what were some of your immediate takeaways? And, and outside of Jackson-Arnold, because we'll save a special little uh, little uh, segment for that, but what did you take away from the Orlando version?
1: uh there's a lot of good defensive linemen in this 2023 class and and a good chunk of them just signed last month on, on signing day and a lot of them are going to be on college campuses on Monday and Tuesday starting in developmental listening programs and, and gearing up for spring practices so I think we saw some defensive linemen I know you want to wait to talk about Jackson Arnold but I, I thought he was awesome I think it's kind of the year of the quarterback and I've been saying this really over the past two months or so after all these kids senior seasons I think this quarterback group has a chance to challenge what the 2018 wave of quarterbacks did and and that was the group with the year of of Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields but there was a ton of other guys that have gone on to play on Sunday so what am I saying I I think when when it comes to these quarterbacks a few of them are going to have a chance to be suiting up for NFL teams a, a few years down the line assuming that they pan out uh, and avoid setbacks.
0: You know, everyone thought that it was going to be Denton Geyer's year there in Texas this year, and then they get they get knocked off, uh, I believe by DeSoto. Um, and that that still doesn't take away from the collection of talent that was there at Denton Geyer this year. And Jackson Arnold is one of those guys, and I've watched him a number of times. Uh, I haven't been up and close in person with him so far this year, but for those that I've talked to that that have – that he's just got that it factor about him, even when you are within just like an uh, arm's length from him. With even having to watch him or without even watching him play, there's just something that is kind of permeating off of him that you can tell that he's the dude, he knows he's the dude, uh, and you would just expect big things from him moving forward.
1: I think that's absolutely right. And I wasn't out at the Elite 11 finals this summer when – he was named MVP by the, the that event staff and the coaches there. They picked him. I mean, that obviously, that's a huge honor. Uh, I did spend some time around him at, at Under Armour's Future 50 event. And I'll be honest, I didn't think he had the best of best two days there. Um, but when we saw him in Orlando, you could just see the confidence on the practice field. He's got a moxie to him. I wrote he was the best player in practice all four days. Um, and that's notable because usually – it's been a while since we've seen a quarterback show up at that Under Armour game and it really you, you stand there and go, wow, this is kind of a guy. Uh, in the past, it, it's been a little bit rough getting adjusted to throwing to different wide receivers, dealing with poor offensive line play. But Jackson, I mean, he is a gamer and he's a guy that I think answers a lot of questions in terms of will he be ready to go? Uh, in 2023 if if, you know that Oklahoma wants to go down that path and I think so I I think he also reminded me in some ways of of Cade Klubnick last year at the All-American Bowl in San Antonio he's a kid you were around and it just felt like magic Uh, and Cade went on to end up playing in a few games there for for Clemson so uh, Jackson definitely has that you can tell others in the huddle on the sidelines respect him and he's a creative gamer i mean he was my odds-on favorite to win mvp because i knew he was going to run the football uh he finished the night as as the game's leading rusher with 50 yards and uh, i thought it was an overall solid 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 outing for him
0: and you're outside of when you go to games like this and you watch the performance on the field, how much are you paying attention to just the way that he handles himself throughout practice as well? And not even with just X's and O stuff, just being around that collection of talent that's there, right? Trying to getting to know people, personality shining through a little bit. If you're going to be a quarterback, you have to kind of be that leader. What are the things even off of the playing surface that you're ch- just trying to pay attention to with the way they handle themselves?
1: Well, that's the favorite my favorite part of of these events and these weeks i mean this is in theory the best of the best i mean these are the guys coming from all around the country you're putting them in the same hotel they're all eating meals together they're all riding on the bus together they're all hanging out and do that stuff and i think the kind of the cream rises to the top the alphas kind of buck their head up and everyone respects them so i love seeing those type of interactions our rankings and how we try to steer our rankings processes we're we're modeling it after what the NFL does, and, and we're trying to hit on the NFL draft. We're projecting a few years down, down the line, and when you look at the NFL's process, they have the advantage of interviewing these kids at the Senior Bowl, bringing them in for visits, talking with them at the NFL Combine. We really don't have that. Now, we get out on the road, go to camps, and, and talk and interact these kids with these kids, but from them coming in showing up, checking in, us getting a chance to see how they interact, how they handle themselves in practice. Are they taking it serious? I mean, all that's one big evaluation. So uh, these invaluable for us. And a lot of time when we sit in our war room and make decisions, it comes down to, hey, you know, we saw this from him. We saw that from him. You know, he's a kid who didn't respond well. So it's super important.
0: I would like to ask you about just the process in general, uh, if you don't mind, because the thing that I've noticed, and I think it's been kind of talked about even nationally as well, is um, kind of, I don't know, a lack of a better term, like the hit rate right now for for like you guys, director of scouting uh, there for your network. um, We are in a much better process than we have ever been before and identifying talent on the scouting level at the high school, and into the college level. I mean, if you were to go back 10, 15, even 20 years ago, right, um, there's been an explosion of even more sites, but you guys are more accurate than you ever have been before. What's led to that?
1: I just think the emphasis that we have placed on data points, studying NFL draft trends, uh, and then applying that to our rankings process. I'm not saying this is, essentially moneyball, but when we look at our, our top two four seven we've modeled that after essentially the NFL draft right We have 32 five stars that reflects your uh, 32 first round picks every year unless someone loses a, a first round pick and then you know you have your day two and your, your day three guys and then after that when we get to that three star range, we're saying, hey those are good high school or they're, they're good high school players we think they're going to be good good college players but maybe they're fringe. NFL players. So we've we've tried to uh, dial it in in terms of projecting and looking at traits. I'll give you an example. I mean, I think the senior bowl this year, uh, the first 13 wide receivers they invited, I believe 10 of them all played basketball in high school and a handful of those guys were like prolific hoops players. So you know you start thinking about how does basketball translate over uh, onto the perimeter of the field and the ability with spatial awareness and, and just knowing what to do. So I think it's, we're constantly trying to learn how to get better. And I think we also admit to ourselves, hey, there's going to be misses. Scouting is not
0: a <laughs> right. perfect
1: industry. And then when you do miss, you try to figure out, hey, how did this how did this happen? And then you go back and study it. So I, I think that's a big reason why we and, and plenty of other evaluators out there have only gotten better and better in recent years.
0: There's no doubt uh, that you have uh, as well. We talked about Jackson uh, let's stick with kind of the Oklahoma contingency here. The guys that you saw that are committed to OU, what stand, what was able to stand out to you about them?
1: I love P.J. Adebore. He is a guy that has is, is probably played himself into a fifth star in our rankings. He's number 37 right now. Uh, I was there with a team of, uh, of guys uh, uh, that worked for us, and he was someone's name that consistently kept coming up and, the group chat. I mean, he's got an 85-inch wingspan. Uh, He's a 7'3 kid in the L drill, and I thought having seen him in June in, in, you know, shirts and shorts, and then seeing him six months later in Orlando against what are supposed to be top flight offensive linemen, he had taken a major step forward um, as a pass rusher. I think he's playing with more confidence, and I think the sky is the limit for him. You know, his brother was at Northwestern, probably going to be a day two day three selection bloodlines are always important. It shows that someone in the family has done it before. So I think PJ is definitely a stock up guy for us. Um, And I just love his story. He tells me, you know, to put on weight, he was eating six peanut butter and jelly sandwiches a day. (laughs) I asked him, I asked him if he's still doing that. He said, yes, I am. And I think a lot of your listeners wish they could have that type of diet and, and keep his physique
0: my daughter would absolutely love that cuz that's all the hell is she wants to eat is pb and j all the time uh for that yeah i i'm i uh i was told by someone like you can't call the that that kid that he's going to be a surprise but they they were talking about just in terms of the overall stars that signed with that oklahoma class like to many or to at least a handful of people that I talked to that had seen him on a regular basis just said that's going to be the guy uh, that's probably right there next to like Jackson Arnold that you can expect like the biggest things out of uh, by far that's even with the, the Peyton Bowen and that whole situation that he went through uh, right with uh, how highly that everyone thinks of him is there anyone outside of the uh, Oklahoma contingent that you were impressed with uh, there in, in Orlando that uh, really stood out to you.
1: Well, let me t- let me toss another one of the Oklahoma okay, kids. Yeah, I, from my, from my understanding, it's a guy that probably doesn't get a ton of love, but Lewis Carter, the okay, linebacker, yeah. uh, out of the Tampa area. You know, I'm based in Florida, uh, over um, in in Fort Lauderdale, but Lewis is a kid I've covered a bunch, and he had I think five tackles in the game. I love him. I think he's someone that could come in and, and play year one, year two in that system i think brent venables does an excellent job of of evaluating front seven defenders and and really second level defenders so lewis carter i don't know if he's going to rise in our rankings per se but he kind of validated what i thought he was had one of the better senior seasons really uh, of all the linebackers in the 2023 cycle i think it was over 100 tackles and more importantly he ran for 800 yards and 14 touchdowns in a super difficult district there in the Sunshine State. And we talked about the scouting process. Most of the linebackers playing on Sundays are also uh, good offensive running backs uh, back in the day. So we we, we like all the boxes he checks. He checks, and I think he's someone that can make some noise early on for the Sooners um, once he gets on campus.
0: That's great. Um, I I watched a little bit of him and he kind of reminded me by the way I it, like dude is so quick in the open field right I mean like a heat seeking missile at times is what he seemed like in just watching him from a distance and then not only when he gets there but the the level of impact like in terms of just devastating hits uh that he would create there and using that speed there was nothing that was fragile about him at all when he was making contact and using that speed that's one thing that really stood out to me
1: No I agree with you he's got a what I'd describe a college ready rocked up frame I mean he might not come in and, and be in that uh you know weight gaining group it, it might be you know maintaining your weight and maybe even possibly dropping a little bit of of weight but he he's a plus athlete uh natural low center of gravity impressive core core balance and again he is he is a violent violent football player and someone that's not going to be afraid to come up and tackle someone in that a or or b gap
0: okay give me your favorite player from the week in Orlando
1: I mean PJ Attabore is going to okay. be one that <laughs> It's pretty hard to top. I mean, Zachariah Branch is a, a wide receiver that's headed to USC. He was our overall MVP for the week. I mean, he is, and I know this comp. A lot of your your listeners are going to roll their eyes, but he's he's Tyreek Hill. Like he's the closest thing we have seen in this class to him. Uh, I was getting an argument last night with one of my colleagues. He said he's closer to Jalen Waddle, but Zachariah Branch is is is, is rocked up and, and built in the upper half, just like Tyreek Hill. Uh, who's now with the Miami Dolphins. I think he's going to make a ton of explosive plays in Lincoln Riley's offense. I don't know if it's going to be right away, but uh, we might be talking about him in in 2024. You guys are going to be watching late Pac-12 games, or or they'll be in the Big Ten by then. And and Zachariah branch is going to be a guy that's razzling and dazzling his way out of the slot making chunk plays.
0: What are you looking forward to uh, in San Antonio coming up this weekend?
1: Uh, You know, we got another five-star quarterback here in uh, Dante Moore. He's the the kid that flipped from Oregon to UCLA Mm -hmm. at at the buzzer uh, out of nowhere. I was funny. I was actually talking to him this morning at practice about how that whole thing went down. And he told me he's kind of the one that reached out to UCLA. I thought UCLA had made the late push, but I think he kind of engaged things. I think he wanted to be in LA. So we're, we're just trying to finalize our rankings. I'm really here to compare what I saw in Orlando to these guys in, in San Antonio. And, you know, right now, Jackson Arnold, he's our, our, I think number five quarterback, uh, the three at the top. And, and I think there's a chance he could finish maybe number four for us That's a conversation. We're definitely going to have. Um, and I, I, again, you know, I think this is a really talented group of, of signal callers and I was I don't want to say I was skeptical on Jackson Arnold I just wasn't as convicted as some of my my peers but after that week in Orlando I'm all on board and I think he could make some make some plays for the Sooners if they need him or they want to go that route Jeff Lebby and those guys in 2023
0: Andrew, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for jumping on with us here in uh, Tulsa. Uh, always uh, enjoy uh, reading everything there at 247 Sports. Uh, and have fun in the Alamo City this weekend, man, and look forward to having you back on again soon.
1: Of course. Anytime, guys. Thanks for having me uh, on. Uh, I appreciate it.
0: Appreciate it. That is uh, Andrew Ivins joining us here on the Blitz 1170 here at 220 on a Thursday. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.